Hello and welcome everyone to another episode of the Cam Sanders Show. The day of recording is March 10th. You're probably listening to this on around March 11th or 12th, whenever this gets out. And on today's episode, I'm going to bring in two of my good buddies, Kyle Rousseau and Curtis Coleman. And we are going to talk a little bit about everything going on in the NFL right now, as well as what's happening in the world of college basketball. We got conference tournaments going on, getting ready for March Madness, and then we're going to be getting into a little bit of NBA and what's going on in the world of professional basketball, who we think is going to win, what's going on in the standings, and everything else that you could ever imagine in the sports world, minus baseball, because baseball's back, but my boys don't listen to baseball, so we don't talk about that. But uh, on a side note, really happy that baseball is back. Can't wait to watch uh, like 10 games this year. <laughs> it's a long season. I can't watch all of them. Uh, but without further ado, I present to you Curtis Coleman and Kyle Rousseau. All right. So we're welcoming in Curtis Coleman and Kyle Rousseau, two of my buddies. We're going to talk some NFL news. Boys, how's it going? It's going good, Buck. Well. All right. Well, let's just get right to it. Um, my boy Kyle, big Seahawks fan, as we all know. Uh, Russell Wilson recently this week traded to the Broncos. Uh, what what are your guys' thoughts on this? Let's yeah, no, of course, the Seahawks fan. Um, I obviously am sad. It's the childhood, Russell Wilson. But uh, I do think the Seahawks got a lot out of it. We'll talk about. So the Seahawks get Drew Locke, Noah Fant, Shelby Harris, and they're going to get the number nine pick. And then next year's first round pick and then the second from this year and next year as well. And also a fifth round pick. So they are getting a lot. And then the Broncos get Russell Wilson and a fourth round pick. So, I mean, you, you guys are getting back Drew Locke, getting back Noah Fant, and then going to get a good draft pick this year. So there's different ways you can go with that. Um, Kurt, what, what are your takes on it? Uh, I like the trade for the Seahawks and the Broncos. I think the Broncos are in a win now type of scenario and are a quarterback away from being contenders. And so I like that. But then for the Seahawks, they weren't going to win anything in the next couple of years. And Russell Wilson is going to start declining. And so getting some good value. And like you said, the number nine pick this year mm-hmm. in the draft, I think is good for the Seahawks. And I think they're going to start a good right. rebuild. And then, and then right after they release Bobby Wagner, so you got to assume that's partially clearing up cap space or the fact that they're just they're not going to try to win this year at all. I mean, Prime, shows that's an obvious last... rebuild for yeah, sure. Exactly, that's that's your last boy from that Legion of Boom like core of the defense. It's it's all gone now. So how much how much longer are they sticking with Pete Carroll? That's the real question. Hopefully, Hopefully not much not longer. Too long. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we t- we talked about that number nine pick. I kind of teased this to Kyle earlier. So I was looking on uh, Todd McShay's recent mock draft after they traded Russell Wilson. They got the nine pick. Uh, who would you guys like to see taken in this? Uh, and then I'll tell you who McShay has or who I would I would go with. Or do you guys want to hear who McShay has first? Uh, yeah. Give me who McShay has. All right, Prime's going to love this one. Uh, he's got Kayvon Thibodeau from Oregon. Really? Really. That's yeah, actually kind of surprising to me. He's dropping a I little can't bit. See, eh, I guess anything but a quarterback, so I'm satisfied with that. <laughs> so, so why don't you want a quarterback? You were telling me that earlier. Honestly, I want to give Drew Locke a shot, see what he can do in a different environment. We haven't really seen him with anyone besides the Broncos, so maybe with the Seahawks. Fantastic O-line. <laughs> something. 
<laughs> yeah, we we love Drew Lock with no line. Kurt, Kurt, who are you taking here? Or um, what? I think if he's there, I think you do go Thibodeau because the defense is clearly a struggle for the Seahawks. But I agree with Kyle in that I don't think they should take a quarterback this year just because I think the next couple of years have um, better draft classes for QBs mm-hmm. and I think they're going to lose a lot of games next year and have a good shot for a better quarterback next year. I agree so, with that next draft yeah. class as well, for sure. I, I think I Kyle think, Hamilton could be another good pick if he falls that far. Yeah. So if if it's not Kayvon, I think that's good value there. I would not use a, a top five pick on him, but if he falls all the way to nine and, and the Seahawks can get him, I know that a lot of like Duck fans, Seahawks fans, kind of all Pacific Northwest, they, I mean... I, I could see it being a good pick. The guy that I would take who has a big potential upside though, if they do go quarterback has got to be the Liberty kid, Malik Willis. That, that dude has just like pinpoint accuracy and he's mobile. Oh, the quarterback quarterback, bro quarterback. If they do, if they do go quarterback route, he, he comes from a smaller school, but I think he's like potentially going to be a franchise guy. If some team can develop him. Right. And I mean, maybe they sign a veteran first and sit him for a year, but uh good transition we did <laughs> look what happened with jordan love uh got drafted and now aaron Rodgers resigns with the packers Devonta adams gets True. the franchise tag uh kurt what do you obviously this is good what do you think of aaron Rodgers going back is it the right move wrong room how are the packers gonna be i think the right move for aaron Rodgers, but i just don't know if the packers are gonna win anything these next couple of years i mean We've seen him with this squad year after year and nothing has really come out of it. And so I think they're going to be good in the regular season and we'll see how they do in the playoffs. But as a supporting cast, the Packers do have a really good one. And the city of uh, Green Bay loves Aaron Rodgers. And so I think it's the right move for him, but I don't know if it's the right move for the Packers. Especially when you get paid that much. It's definitely Yeah, I mean a huge, huge contract. They said it was two hundred million, then Aaron went back and said it wasn't that much. Kyle, you had you had Rogers in fantasy this year, so I, I know you watch this guy a lot. How are you feeling uh, after this this big re-sign? Uh I like it. I mean, the Packers do always choke in the postseason, but they're always great in the regular season. Value, I yeah. think if they get so many shots at the postseason, they'll get it eventually. So I like it. I mean, yeah. I want Rodgers to stay. How many times can you lose in the NFC Championship in a row? Right. <laughs> exactly. Or or before the NFC Championship. I mean, <laughs> shout out, shout out T. Uh, and then the Packers, what happens to Jordan Love? I mean, he's coming up. At, this will be the last year of his rookie contract, I, I believe. And then I like, what what's the plan with him after they just spent a first round draft? Is that just kind of like a toss? Like you're you're saying that doesn't matter anymore? Like I, I'm confused with what, what the plan was with him and why they did that. Where I am too, honestly. I have no idea what they're going to do with him. Are they just going to keep him as a backup? Maybe trade value? I have no idea because yeah, not really a Jordan lot of Love trade though? value on him Seahawks? because he didn't get a play. Jordan Love to the Seahawks? Yeah, I don't know. I don't that. like it. No way. <laughs> full full circle. <laughs> him and Trey Lance too. Trey Lance, yeah. I feel like, is kind of the same scenario. Like Trey Lance, they, I think, will come into play next season for sure. He, he might. I mean, I don't think the Niners are necessarily looking to move forward with Garoppolo, but I don't know if their plan is to have Lance as a starter game one. So 
what are they going to do? I don't know. That's not the topic, though. The next topic is Khalil Mack to the Chargers. Uh, Mack got traded for a 2022 second and a 2023 sixth. And my initial thoughts are just that a combination of Bosa and Mack off the edges is just going to be scary for a lot of O-lines and quarterbacks. Uh, what, what are you guys thinking about that? Uh, I think I think it's an okay trade for the Chargers. Um I think that Mac is very he's very highly paid and so it's a big contract to take on especially coming off of a down year and so huge contract. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if he can rebound from last year with a different, you know, defense and coach around him. Uh, I think the Chargers did need to make a couple moves to put themselves into contention, and this is one of them. And so they're really they're trying to win, and I like their aggressiveness. um, But I just don't know if Khalil Mack was the right player to go out. Yeah, this is. I mean, they're trying to maximize what they can get out of Justin Herbert's rookie contract because as soon as that's up, they're going to have to pay him so much money. So it's kind of like Mack on last year, last couple years of the really big contract that he has. I guess it is kind of an all-in sort of thing, similar to what the Rams did. And I, Prime, Herbie's your guy. He's getting a, a guy to go help him out on the defensive side. What What do you like about this, or what do you not like? I mean, a second and a six, that's pretty good value for Khalil Mack, besides that he did. Like, honestly, I didn't even see any highlights about Khalil Mack. I mean, like pretty so down year for him. He only played seven games, but he had six sacks, and that's I I, yeah, I didn't know that either. For seven games. That's that's what I'm saying. The narrative's kind of that he he did nothing last year, but obviously he had he had an ankle injury, and then he had a shoulder injury before that. And his first season, he had twelve and a half sacks in a full season, and was second in defensive player of the year. So <sighs> six and yeah, six and seven games. I, I I still think that he has it if he's healthy. Um, could could be interesting though. No, yeah. If he stays healthy, for sure. I agree. Him and Joey Bosa, like you said, are going to be a nasty combo. Definitely. Uh, And then the last NFL big news that we've had, Calvin Ridley gets suspended for what they say is at least the entire 2022 NFL season for betting on games, including a Falcons game. And what I believe is going around, people are saying it was an eight-game parlay that included included the Falcons winning. So... Uh, what are you guys thinking about all this? I think it's a little bit harsh considering that guys that have abused women have been suspended for less games than that. Yeah. But at the same time, if you're Calvin Ridley, you know the rules. He knows he shouldn't be betting yeah. on games. And although he was away from the team, it's a pretty idiotic move by him. Um, but I feel like a full season is pretty, uh, that's pretty, pretty harsh for, yeah. for like really what he did he didn't harm anybody else you know and he was betting on his team it wasn't like he was trying to rig a game or anything totally. like that so definitely harsh but i don't even know the exact rules on like betting i didn't know it was gonna be an entire full season that is kind of yeah. ridiculous so so here's my take on it i the amount of money it wasn't that much in terms of how much he's making so obviously it wasn't worth it for him but it wasn't as bad obviously it's costing him 11 million to for the fifteen hundred dollars he claims he bet, where it comes down, cost him eleven million. Uh, that's how much he was supposed to make with incentives next year, I believe. Don't quote me on that, but oh. <laughs> yeah. So Calvin Ridley, he's been on his team. It gets to the point where they have to make an example out of him because if you 
make it a light punishment and people aren't that scared of it. People right now are like, oh, fuck, he bet on his team and he got one season. Because if you allow that at all or give any wiggle room or let that slide, a player betting on an NFL game, it just leaves a lot more openings for what people already believe could be like rigged in the NFL. Like it incentivizes a player. If a team's a seven and a half point favorite and they're up a touchdown, it may be the smart thing to go down at the one yard line and end the game. But that player might be incentivized to try to score or not go out of bounds, make that extra play leading to a fumble. You know, it goes other ways. It can affect the outcome of the game if a player is, has an other uh, incentive in mind other than just winning the game, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I agree yeah, with you there. I just yeah. think that there's other rules that NFL players break that should sure. have harsher yeah. punishment than... It's not the fact that he's suspended for an entire season. It's just the fact that some other guys have done other things that, yeah. you know, they haven't been suspended for only a limited amount of games or something yeah, like that. Definitely. And it's just, it's just, it's a, it's a long time. I mean, that's a harsh punishment, but it kind of comes down to no tolerance and it's, it does suck for Calvin Ridley because he just sat out the entire year and now he's going to literally have to miss another. Definitely. All right. So from the Falcons famous for that blown lead uh, today in college basketball before noon, I witnessed uh, two 17-plus point comebacks uh, for victories. Indiana was down 17 with 11 minutes to play, and then they came back to take the lead against Michigan with three minutes left and hold on to win. Do you guys see any of that game? Because that was insane. Yeah, we saw when they were down. And they were favorites, right? Michigan was like minus three. Yeah, yeah, I think they, they were, were minus three in that game. Yeah, so I I mean, how... I just can't believe Michigan even let that happen. A lot of people had them being like a bubble team that maybe gets in. I think this is definitely not going to help their chances. And then there was also uh, Texas was up 18 at halftime against TCU. You guys catch any of this? I saw the highlights of that game. Yeah, I didn't end up, just heard about it and saw the highlights. Yeah, so Texas up it. 18 at halftime against TCU, and they just did everything wrong, continued to turn the ball over. And I th- want to say TCU scored like 14 unanswered at one point and then came all the way back and Texas just continued to take horrible shots and, and blow that lead. Uh, and then in the Pac-12, as we all know, Beavs got knocked out early to the Ducks yesterday. Um, <laughs> Classic. And Colorado was able to knock off the Ducks today. So continuing with that, Arizona advanced to the semis because they beat Stanford uh, after Stanford had that buzzer beater win in yesterday's round one game. Uh, tonight, I want to get your guys' takes on a couple of games in the Pac-12 tourney. You got UCLA is an eight and a half point favorite against Wazoo. What's the pick there? Uh, UCLA. I think UCLA cover. winning and against the spread. So yeah, you you got UCLA by nine at least. Yeah, for sure. I don't I think Wazoo is that here. fantastic. Any, any, yeah, any watch- particular re- reason? Uh, I've watched a couple of games that they've played. Oh, actually, not they lost. And they almost lost the beast. Just but, against, uh, is it against Wazoo or for UCLA? Like, or just a vibe thing, you know? Wazoo uh, did definitely kill the Ducks UCLA. like a week ago, by the way. Just heads up. Yeah. I mean, UCLA is definitely one of the more, if not the most talented team. Uh, I'd say Arizona probably takes that for the most talented team in the pack. But UCLA's got a lot of talent. It's just how well will they perform in the tourney, you know? Yeah. I think, I think you take UCLA here just because we saw what they can do in the postseason, yeah. And if you bet on Washington state, it just seems like a prayer almost that preparing to be UCLA doesn't heat up, you know? 
Definitely. And then the the second game, the nightcap is USC minus seven favorites against Washington. I'm taking Washington plus seven in that game, and I'm taking yeah. Washington money line in that game. Oh, Whoa. the big upset. Give, it, give us your reasoning. I actually put it on the end of my parlay today that is still Ooh. alive. So we love it. I'm hoping they can pull it off. But the reason why Washington is a very talented team, they have underperformed all year, but we've seen mm-hmm. what they can do when they're when they're in rhythm, when they're on, they look like one of the best teams in the Pac-12. But when they're low, they're super low. They got no energy, can't make shots. But I think today, USC does not need to win today to make the tourney, and Washington does. And I think we see Washington go out there with more energy, more electric, and I think they squeak one out against USC. Yeah, yeah I mean, entrance is definitely some incentive there for definitely. Washington. So, uh, my bet. I would also take Washington plus seven. I don't know about the money line. I'll probably stay with the points, but my bet's more against USC. Just watching USC, Evan Mobley is really good. Um, or Isaiah, Isaiah, Isaiah yeah, yeah. yeah, Isaiah is really. Both Mobleys are fucking really good. He's good, yeah. but uh, the who's the skinny white kid on USC? You know who I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know that exactly. Kid. He's Peterson yeah. or something? Yeah, Peterson. Peterson. I can't think of his his first name, but that kid just Drew. shoots so Drew many pull up jumpers. Drew Peterson. Yep, and he he hits some clutch shots, and he he can stroke. But if he's cold, he's just going to continue to shoot. And I've watched so many USC games where the other team stays in it because USC just needs a good possession and a shot, and he is just not going to pass the ball unless he's literally has to. So I mean, I could see Washington just playing better team ball and and winning that game versus USC, who's going to need Mobley to pretty much carry. Agree. Uh, going into the AS, uh, ACC, uh, Curtis, you, you had a little bit of a fun b- betting on Syracuse. You want to take us through your Syracuse journey? Yeah, I've always loved the Orange. They've treated me right. And with value um, like it was, it was 20 to win 860 in the ACC tournament if they won. I felt like I had to ride with them. They killed Florida State. An honor bet. Yeah, they killed Florida State, and also we know Syracuse always turns it up in March, and I believe they would have beat Duke today had buddy, they had buddy, buddy, buddy. Throwing um, punches. Luckily, they still covered, and I bet on that. Minus 50, or plus 15 and a half was a just pure disrespectful spread. Absolutely disrespectful. I mean, Duke did blow them out both times they played them with buddies then without buddy i mean it's at 15 and a half spin zone here maybe syracuse is better without buddy and jimmy's the bayheim we need to watch jimmy uh, ate this, today jimmy, jimmy didn't ate today on <laughs> i think uh i think jimmy is great but <laughs> buddy is the second leading scorer in the acc and because he's always think, on the court yeah true. yeah that's true <laughs> But the Syracuse team that lost to Duke twice also lost to Georgetown, who did not win a conference game. So it's clear that they have their horrible games. But I think if they heat up and with Gerard being as on as he was today and Jimmy being as on as he was today, if you throw Buddy in the mix there, they're getting more open looks. And I think they pull this one off. No, they were they were definitely hit, and I was I was worried about that for a sec. I have a Duke national championship future, and if they would have lost that UNC game and then came out and lost to 
uh, Syracuse in the tournament, I would not be feeling confident about that going into March, but at least a little bit of momentum now for the Dukies. You guys catch the Miami Boston college game at all? Yeah. We yeah. did. That was a crazy ending. Eight, man. Yeah. The crazy, crazy ending. You had, wait, Miami was eight point favorites. I'm assuming. Yeah. yeah. Eight point. Yeah. So they didn't cover. Um, Boston College, man, they just they choked that game away. They did. I mean, they had it the whole time. It was definitely the day of the comeback. I mean, not as crazy as that college basketball day a couple weeks back where all those top 10 teams were losing, but crazy day today with all the comebacks. I mean, and then in the top 25, I w- when I wrote all this, Baylor was down like eight to Oklahoma with 10 minutes left. And then now I can say Oklahoma upset Baylor. Um, and then Providence was able to hold on. They're an interesting team going into the tournament because they just continue to win like really close games. I think they have like eight wins this season with four, four points or less. Uh, pretty insane. And then the big 10 tournament, this is my, my rant. Um, the big 10 tournament is set up so fucking weird. Uh, have you guys seen the way that their bracket is set up? I have not clue me in. Okay. So I have it right here. Make sure I'm right. So there's 14 teams in the big 10. Uh, not properly na- named. The bottom four seeds play in a first round game, uh, in which they will then play the five. The winner of those games play the five and the six seed, who have a single buy. Uh, and then the sevens. So the nine eight play in that round. The winner of the playing game plays the five and six seed, and then the seven ten also play. But then so the one through fours, the, they get a single buy. So two teams get a single buy, and the top four seeds get a double buy all the way into the not even quarterfinals it's basically the elite eight of their tournament because there's so many fucking teams yeah so are you not liking that double buy is that what the complaint i I mean purdue and Rutgers. i mean it's it's awesome but Rutgers needs to play games to get into the tournament i mean they're they're a bubble team when winning would definitely help them out but they did so well in conference play they're already number four i mean if they drop lower and have a couple more games to get in it'll it would help them out a lot i mean if you have that many teams, I feel like, would you guys rather ha- have this weird format where teams are doing plans and then there's also double buys or would you rather see like if you go if Oregon state, for example, don't win a fucking conference game or win one conference game, whatever it was to do you even deserve to make a conference tournament at that point. <laughs> and that is true. <laughs> is that kind of the only option then to get rid of the double buy to get rid yeah. of team? I, I, I don't know. Um, no, you definitely. could set up. You could set up a a, a bracket with single buys. Yeah, fourteen team. Definitely, maybe like the top two seeds get buys instead of the top four seeds getting double buys and five and six getting single buys. And then if thirty, if the eleven seed wants to make it through, they have to win one, two, three, four. They have to win like twice as many games as the teams who get the double buys. Jeez. Yeah. yeah. The only thing that does like make it interesting though is that. That just makes every conference game during the regular season mean that much more. Definitely, because the seeding's really important. Yeah, and I will say, I think the Big Ten has one of, if not like the most intense regular seasons, definitely in the country. And all, whenever two Big Ten teams play each other, it's always fun to watch. So, I don't know if that like helps it at all, but. That's like the only positive part, I guess, of it that I can think of. Well, yeah, you're talking about the Big Ten. That was my next question. I know we all watched a good amount of Big Ten just betting on college basketball this year. Who are, who do you guys like to win the Big Ten tournament? 
Shoot, who's? Uh, let me check the. Let me check the bracket. Yeah, I kind of want to see where the too. where the teams are at. I'm gonna I'm gonna give my pick right now. I, I placed a future on it. It's a sleeper. I'm gonna go with Rutgers. I mean, uh, they're I like they're that. gonna get Iowa next round. I would just kick the shit out of Northwestern, and uh, I I think Rutgers gets through Iowa. They're definitely still a, a good team, and then they're either gonna play Illinois or Indiana. Uh, both teams that they they've already beaten the regular season. Mm-hmm. And, and then they're going to go into Wisconsin and Purdue, both teams that I don't know if they beat Purdue, but I know they beat Wisconsin. Definitely had some good games with those teams. Uh, Ron Harper Jr. He's a bucket, man. I could see it happening and I, they need to get into the tournament. So they're they're playing more motivated than anyone because their preseason really hurt them versus their uh, conference season, which got them such a good seed. Yeah. The only thing that in the big scares me in the tournament. He's just. Uh, Say that again, Kurt. Oh, I was just going to say the only thing that scares me about Rutgers is that they're really good at home and oh, they're yeah. very bad away. The they're Dunkin 14 Dome. and 3 at home, 4 and 9 away. A hey, neutral site, just, baby. I know, but with <laughs> games being at a neutral site, it might be, I don't know if they, you know, kind of rely on that momentum and crowd noise and stuff to really pick the team up. And so we'll see how many fans they get, but um I think that'll make it interesting, but they definitely are a team that can beat anybody. All right. Yeah, Prime, you got a pick for the for the Big Ten tourney? Or both of you, Kurt, did we get your pick there? I'm going to go Illinois. I like Illinois. Yeah. I think Coburn is an absolute animal inside. Beast, he's a, a unit. Yeah, and I think that he just creates matchup problems. I think if we see an Illinois-Purdue matchup towards the end, I think Purdue might beat them but i think purdue would lose to a team like wisconsin um but with zach Eady and their other guy down low i think that they would be the only team that's going to be illinois in this conference tourney yeah zach is, zach is johnny a big dog. davis playing uh that Ooh. is a good question i know he's I hope playing so. in the like big tournament like march madness tournament but i don't know but not in the conference i don't know if he's playing in the conference tournament if they're not yeah i definitely take illinois there because who do they have they have indiana and rutgers who do they play after that well rutgers the winner of rutgers and iowa yeah i'd take illinois there i think illinois can beat either of those teams yeah definitely. And illinois won right mm-hmm. yeah uh, all right. Uh, how about for the for the national championship? Who are you guys uh, picks to win it all right now? <sighs> it's a handful of a question. <laughs> Prime, you start us off. <sighs> I'm thinking. I haven't even made my bracket or anything. I don't even know. Well, good because the bracket's not out yet. So yeah, it'd be pretty hard to see the bracket without uh, <laughs> all the teams being in. <laughs> uh, okay, I'll give you. I'll give you my top three picks yeah give me some contenders at least and i'm i'm going to name teams only out of the top five because i think anybody in the top five obviously could make a run yeah but number one i'm going villanova strong they've they've played hard teams all year they know how to close out a game. We just saw they just finished up a game with St. John's and they closed it out um, after two big free throws. They're shooting 82.5% from the line from the season as a team, which is the highest ever in Division One history. And I think that's a recipe for success when you need free throws to close out a game in a close tournament game. 
Second pick, I'm going Purdue because mm-hmm. Jaden Ivey just looks like an NBA Beast. player out there. Bucket. And I think the combination of Ivy and Edie, even though they kind of have been falling off as of late, I still think they they got what it takes. And then Purdue my the last dirty. pick. Ooh. Gotta go UCLA, Kurt. Gotta ride. I know, him. I know, I know. <laughs> I, I think they I think UCLA Returners. has a chance just because Is that the we sleeper? saw what they could do last year. But I think I'm going Illinois as my as my final two Big Ten teams contender. They're number sixteen in the nation, but they were missing one of their guards, one of their key guards for most of the year. And I think when you're playing against these mid major teams, Coburn's just gonna eat them up inside. So definitely. I, I don't think I can see anybody um outside like of like they the could top lose 25. the of Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, definitely not. <laughs> I think this year though, I think they got it. I'm going Illinois. That's nice. My last sleeper. You got one, Prime? I would have said Purdue if I didn't see Wisconsin beat them. So I'm going to go with Wisconsin if Johnny Davis plays. Johnny That's Davis, that that yeah, that man's an absolute legend. He's an absolute already. beast. Well, you got hit in the face, right? No, he had a lower leg injury. That's interesting. Yeah. All right. Uh, so uh, transition from college to the NBA. We would talk about the Blazers because that's our local team, but no point. Quick summary. Blazers are hard tanking. Uh, No point to talk about anything until we get a top three pick and then get Chet, Paolo, or Jabari Smith, or Jaden Ivey. I mean, you just brought him up, Kurt. Uh, And then Blazers fans should be rooting really hard for the Pelicans to continue to suck and then miss the playoffs because then we'll get their draft pick. It's lottery protected, but also uh, top four protected. So we need it somewhere in the middle. Uh, going into the standings, the East is just an absolute gauntlet right now. The Heater in first currently with the Bucks chasing right behind him a couple games back. And then the Heat just got outmanned by the Suns without Chris Paul. Uh, so that was a battle of first in the West and first in the East. 76ers been really good. Bulls are in fourth, followed by Boston, Cleveland, Toronto, and the Nets all the way back in the eighth seed. Uh, who do you guys like in the East right now? Hmm. I mean, Philly's an obvious choice. Yeah. Because sure. of the hardened trade. But I am sticking with Milwaukee. Yeah. Uh, Miami has a better record than them. Philly's probably going to end up with a better record than them. But uh, they've all, they've got experience, they've got chemistry. And I think they've got what it takes to come out of the East. Yeah. They're damn good. Prime? To be honest, I like Boston. And that's Ooh. what I want to see. Yeah, that'd be that'd be really interesting. I mean, Tatum's definitely been playing really well. Yeah, Tatum and Brown are a dynamic duo there, so they could definitely make something happen. But uh, I also like the Heat as well. Jimmy yeah. Butler doing so well with Miami. Definitely. I mean, we saw. I mean, it was definitely Mickey Mouse Finals appearance, but they, yeah. the Heat make make it a couple years back with a very similar roster, and then they add Kyle Lowry. I mean, he's he's a guy who's won it before, so he could be that that extra edge. I mean, their first they got they got outplayed badly by the Suns. I watched that entire game. And then the Suns without Chris Paul and Devin Booker really competed with the Bucks in, in yeah. that, that game on Sunday. I don't know if you guys caught that one, but that was that was an awesome game to watch. And you uh, said the Suns beat the Heat without 
Chris Paul, right? By Had yeah. D-Book? Yeah, they had D-Book. Yeah, they had D-Book. That's still pretty impressive for the Suns. Definitely. Uh, right now, the playing teams for the East would be the Raptors in the Nets at the 7-8 game, and then the Hornets and the Hawks at the 9-10 game. Could definitely lead to some really interesting matchups. And then going into the West, kind of talked about it. The Suns are the most dominant team in the Western Conference right now, uh, in my opinion, by far. But the Grizzlies continue to move up all the way up to the number two team in the conference now. Warriors are somehow still number three after they just continue to play bad. Not going to last. Yeah. Followed by the Jazz, Mavericks, Nuggets, and sixth. And then I feel like the caliber kind of drops off when we get into the playing teams. Got the T-Wolves at seven, Clippers at eight, followed by the Pelicans, or sorry, the Lakers, then the Pelicans. Who? (laughs) What are your guys' thoughts about what's going on in the West right now? Uh, personally, I think the Grizzlies are going to make a come up for sure and actually yeah. give the Suns a run for their money. I think the Warriors will drop. They've had a falling off the last, what is it, 10 games? or like three of seven, something like that. Started off hot for sure, but definitely on the come down. I like the Mavericks as well. I think yeah, I mean, you got a guy like up in the rankings. He can, he can kind of take over whenever. I mean, get yeah, in the playoff exactly. series. It's, it, he's dangerous. Kurt? I think... I'm going to disagree completely with Kyle here. Oh, okay. You don't like the Grizz? To the core. <laughs> I, the Grizzlies are young and have no playoff experience, and I see them as second-round exits, and I think Golden State comes out of the West because the reason why they're 3-7 and seven in their last 10 is because they have no Draymond, and anyone Big who piece. really watches basketball realizes how much of an impact he has on that team specifically. And I think once he comes back, um, he'll be back for the playoffs, right? Is that? Yes. I feel like he, he will. Be right? back. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I got Golden State. Um, nice. I got Golden State playing Phoenix in the Western Conference Finals. Uh, yeah. I mean, that feeds right in. I'll, I'll start us off. Conference Finals and NBA Finals. So for the East matchup, uh, I'm going to have to go with the Bucks, and I actually think the Bulls have a really good chance to make a run to the Eastern Conference Finals. I got DeMar. the Bucks beating the Bulls in that game, and then they'll be going up against uh, the Suns, and I actually think the Nuggets are going to make a run this year. If they can get back Jamal Murray and Jokic, they are always really good in the postseason. They run into some some mega teams like the Warriors, and they, they lose the Clippers last year. I know they beat the Clippers uh, year before. I don't know. I forgot who the Nuggets lost to last year. But anyways, I, I just see them making a run. I mean, Jokic is, is one of the top three players in the NBA right now. I mean, might win back-to-back MVPs. Might go to Embiid. Uh, but also, yeah, I mean, who do you guys got winning the MVP this year? Oh, I know Kurtz. Should be Jokic. I've been, yeah. I've been harping that for a while. I, I think mean, that the- when you look at efficiency, you look at how much somebody really means to a team. If you take... Jokic off of the Nuggets, they are not even a play-in team. They're they're bottom five in the West easily. If you take Embiid off of Philadelphia right now, they're still a top team in the East. And I believe that. You got James Harden. You got Tobias Harris. Granted, Harden was with the Sixers for a while. Um, Those are dumb. But I still think that the Sixers would be a good team without Embiid. And also, it's not all about points. I know Embiid's leading the league in points, but Jokic is averaging like, what, 26, 27? Yeah, he's, and then he's still going crazy. 14 boards and 8 assists. 
it's clearly Jokic. The reason why they won't vote him is because of voter fatigue. <laughs> voter fatigue after one year for the big for the big Serbian. And then yeah. also with the Nuggets, they, they got Boogie Cousins coming off the bench. He dropped like 30 plus the other game. He's, he he's been playing. Yeah, he's yeah. been playing really well. And it's and Jokic is on the court playing MVP level. There's not a lot of teams where you can take that out and then bring in another dominant big man who, I mean, if he has a backup center on him, he's going to have a field day every time. If they have to leave mm-hmm. their big guy in, he's just going to continue to fatigue him for when Jokic comes back in. I, I think that makes them really dangerous, having a second unit that's that good. And their bench is also just, uh, they, they're loaded with shooters. Uh, I, I think they're real contenders. But I, I actually see Suns Bucks rematch. Um, and then I see the Suns winning it all this year. Uh, but when you get Giannis in the finals again, I mean, that guy is scary. It could be a similar situation where Suns are looking good and Giannis just takes over. Chris Middleton, too. Just absolutely lethal shooter. Yeah. I could see the Sixers taking the Bucks spot, especially with Harden. Yeah, give us give us your matchups, what, what you, you could see, or at least your finals winner prime. Well, really, right now with the top three, the Heat, the Bucks, and the Sixers, I could see either of those teams maybe not the heat as much as the sixers and the bucks but for the final i could go sixers sixers and Suns would be my two and who's winning it that. the Suns. Suns are yeah. taking it all we're Suns podcast <laughs> <laughs> cam johnson the fucking legend the absolute absolute legend, legend. yeah <laughs> um all right and then to end off the show we're going to go with some highlights and lowlights of the sports world. Uh, my highlight brought it up in the last one, but I'm going to bring it up again. It was that, that Cam Johnson buzzer beaters a couple of days ago by now, but that was just so great. Um, I, everyone, if you haven't listened to the last podcast, I go over that pretty much entire game. Cam Johnson down two, coming off a missed free throw trailing bank in buzzer beater three, all the boys win a huge bet. It was definitely the highlight of my week. The low light had to be uh, Texas. I was betting against Riley $5 on on like a live spread, minus seven and a half uh, on Texas. And they go up 18 in the first half. I was like, oh, this is a joke. And then I come back a little bit later and they're down three with two minutes left. And I was like, what is going on here? So that that was my low light. Because then, of course, that kid who has never won a bet before thinks he's amazing because of that. So (laughs) took, took, took. Took the spirits right out of me. <laughs> All right, uh, Prime, you you want to go? I I know you definitely got a low light. Uh yeah, I can't even think of a highlight right now. I can only think of low lights. <laughs> uh, is it only this week, or are we going further back? Yeah, you can give me whatever you want. Okay, so my low light would definitely be that Purdue Wisconsin game. Have Purdue money line here, and Wisconsin and just banks in two threes and Purdue loses in the final seconds. Can't even think of anything good happening to me right yeah. now. Only see, see Prime, what I thought your low light was going to be was Russell Wilson getting traded and then Bobby Wagner getting released. But yeah, but that wasn't money. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah but yes. only, only money moves around here. Kurt. Um, I'm going to say my low light prime. What was that parlay? What team do we have at the end? Uh, Kyle and I were two legs down Gonzaga, in a parlay. Gonzaga. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we were two legs down in a parlay, in a parlay and we had St. Mary's plus 12 and a half. If St. Mary's covers against Gonzaga, we would win like 130 bucks or something. And 
they were down 12 so they were covering mm-hmm. and there was like it was like 10 oh. to 15 seconds left and Gonzaga had the ball oh, and they dribbled it the past half court guy. yes yeah, they dribbled it past half court and everybody backed off that was mm. around the guy and it looked like he was about to dribble <laughs> the clock out and then some guy on St. Mary's ran from the corner rogue foul guy try hard and ran up and he started yelling trap and then fouled the guy and he made yeah. one and we lost so that, <laughs> that was, was oh that's half a point point. Like, that that is a bad beat yeah I and mean, especially because the other two games are already down yeah that that hurt <laughs> um yeah highlight I'm gonna go with the Ducks losing today yeah, I think that nice. FTD. I I bet against them, so that came through, Clutch. and also um, it just cemented that they we wouldn't have to see them in the tournament. So, you know, I just always love to see that as a Beavers fan. And after they killed us, it's nice seeing them get killed in return. <laughs> yeah, we love to hear it. Um, Definitely bet on for the Beavers. Um, so, so that's going to end up this portion of the podcast. Thank you guys for coming on, talking with me. I really appreciate it. And I will catch everyone else. Oh yeah. You guys, you guys got any pardon words? Uh, go you dub tonight. Go you dub. It's my parting words. Yeah. Kyle signs off on that. All right. Thank you everyone. Uh, thank (laughs) you guys for coming on. Um, yeah, I'll see everyone on the outro. Peace. All right, you guys, that was Curtis Coleman and Kyle Rizzo, two of my good buddies. Um, Always a good time talking sports with them. Uh, That is going to wrap up today's episode. I really appreciate everyone for tuning in to another episode of this podcast. This was the first one where I, I got multiple guests on and we just really shot the shit about all the different sports and that's kind of where i see this podcast going in the future Uh, i'm sure those guys will be back on to talk with me again so if you enjoyed hearing them uh more coming in the future uh that is going to wrap it up for this episode of the cam sanders show i hope that everyone had a great time listening and thank you so much for tuning in i'll see you next time peace